Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, which we have been journeying through throughout this season of Lent. Today we hear Luke's version of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, which is found in chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My friend Ryan is a professor of Old Testament at Candler Divinity School in Atlanta. He likes to tell his students that the most dangerous biblical texts are the most familiar ones. They're dangerous because we stop reading them. We assume we know them, and so we skim if we read them at all. So a passage like one we just heard, a familiar text many of us think we know from lots of Palm Sundays, might benefit a closer reading. And when we look closely at Luke's version of this story, we might first notice what is missing. The palms. On this Palm Sunday, there are no palms in the story. Instead, the disciples celebrating Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem in Luke are focused on the ground, where they are laying down their cloaks so that Jesus can enter Jerusalem on the modern-day equivalent of the red carpet. The other thing that's missing in Luke's version is this huge crowd of people. That's what we imagine on Palm Sunday, right? The streets lined with all these people who will praise Jesus today, but then call for his crucifixion later in the week. But in Luke, the only people praising Jesus are the ones who've been with him all along, his followers, his disciples. 
These are the same disciples who, throughout Jesus' ministry, struggle to understand the clearest and most direct of Jesus' teachings. More than once, the disciples contradict Jesus as if they know better than he does. Their confusion and thick-headedness is one of the most consistent themes in all four Gospels. But not today. Not in this story. What we often miss about this Palm Sunday story is that something amazing happens. The disciples get it. They understand, even if it's only for this brief moment, who Jesus is. And they shout out the truth for all the world to hear. Jesus, their teacher and friend, is king. Jesus, with whom they have walked and talked and argued, is Lord. Jesus, whom they have seen heal and forgive and teach and love, is the one for whom all creation has been waiting. This is the day the disciples finally get it right and tell the truth for everyone to hear. I have a colleague who lived in Egypt for a time. While he was there, he traveled one year to a small village for Palm Sunday. As the Christians there prepared for their Palm Sunday celebration, he discovered that for them, Palm Sunday was the most important Sunday of the year, far more important than Easter. Why would that be? Maybe because on Palm Sunday, we get to channel those disciples in Luke who finally get it right and proclaim that Jesus is king. On Palm Sunday, we are oriented around that truth, and it changes everything. Because if Jesus is king, then he is above everything else in our lives. Our work, our achievements, our allegiance to schools or sports teams, our financial stability, our personal security, our politics, our national identities, even our families. Palm Sunday is our chance to get it right that Jesus is king, and to proclaim this truth with heart and voice so that we can reorient our lives around it. So much of the time, we are invested in half-truths. We are lying to ourselves about what matters most, but not today. Today, we bow down in grateful humility. We take off our cloaks, whatever we cling to as a means of protection, and we lay them down before Jesus. And we proclaim the truth that first and foremost, we belong to God. Imagine that. If I belong to God, then you do too. And if you belong to God, then you are just as much my family as my own flesh and blood. And if that's true, well, then we are compelled 
to work for each other's safety and security, health and well-being, contentment and success. And if that's true, then that will change everything about the way we move through the world and interact with one another. Telling the truth changes us. It changes everything. The first person to use the words me too as a way to normalize talking about sexual abuse was a woman named Tarana Burke. She founded the Me Too movement back in 2006 before most of us had ever heard of it. She was working at the time with an organization in Alabama that ran a youth camp. A 13-year-old girl who was attending camp one year, Burke refers to her as heaven, was clearly troubled. One day, she came to Burke and began to tell her about the abuse she had suffered, but Burke did not know how to respond, so she sent her to go talk with someone else. Instead, Heaven left the camp and didn't come back. In her guilt, Burke kept thinking to herself how she could have handled that conversation differently, and one question kept coming to her, why didn't I just say, me too? She eventually turned those two words into a movement to encourage people to tell the truth of their stories as a way of connecting with other survivors and reducing the stigma of sexual abuse. In a recent interview, she reflected on the power of telling the truth. There is something liberating about getting truth out of your body, she said, getting it out of your system and confessing, not necessarily to the world, even if it's to God, even if it's to yourself. I tell people all the time, if you put it in your journal, whatever, there is something powerful about it. The part that felt liberating about telling the truth, I feel like I held on to that and it helped me be a truth teller. I really do enjoy telling the truth, she said. Telling the truth frees us to be who we are. Even when who we are is broken and struggling and unsure what to do next. Telling the truth about who Jesus is helps us claim our most important identity and allows everything else to take its rightful place. It doesn't mean that we have to understand exactly what it means that Jesus is king. Remember how rarely the disciples understood or got it right? But telling the truth and living it as best we can begins to give us clarity about what it means to follow Jesus. The truth sets us free to follow in his footsteps, to reach out to those on the margins, to stand in solidarity with anyone who is suffering, to speak hope, to despair, to proclaim that love is stronger than death. The easiest thing amid all the division and violence in our country and in our world is for us to feel helpless and hopeless. It is so tempting to give up 
because we can't figure out what's true or what is the right thing to do. But those feelings are nothing new. The week ahead, this holy week, is full of hard truths about what it means to be human, how easy it is to follow the crowd, to betray one another, to turn away from injustice. But today, we have already done the most important thing. You have set aside all the other demands in your life to be here now, to worship, to reflect, to pray, to listen, and to tell the truth that Jesus is King. Just like those disciples who finally saw Jesus for who he was, who laid down their cloaks on the road and proclaimed the truth for everyone to hear, today you got it right just by showing up. Well done. So even as we prepare for the week to come, today let's cling to the truth and proclaim with all creation, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen.